WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact, East Lansing's movie alternative. Uh, you're listening here on 89FM, The Impact, and it's exposure time. It's an hour of live talk radio each weekday night from 7 to 8 p.m. It's Thursday night, so it's time for the Impact Movie Chat. Over the next hour, we're going to be talking about films, anything and everything about movies. Uh, we'll let you know what's coming out in the theaters this week, especially in time, just in time for the Christmas holiday. We'll let you know what came out at the video stores on Tuesday. My name is Brad Brooks. Thank you for joining us here on the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact. Let me introduce my excellent panel first Long time no see, but here's Alex Dowd. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing good, Brad. How are you? Doing great. It's been a while. Yeah. You've uh, you've moved away. You, I did. You were a mainstay on the show for, I would say, about a year and a half. And yeah, unfortunately, you had to move on, so the Alex Dowd fan club can you know celebrate tonight <laughs> and maybe right. next week. Maybe you'll be on. Yeah. You want to join us next week? Most likely. Sounds yes. great. We got, so next week, ladies. Alex Dowd will be <laughs> That's on right. once again. And, but you're down in Chicago going to school down there. Yep. Yep. Going good? Yeah. It's Studying going film? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, well, <laughs> he's getting his learn on. Yeah, that's right. that's that's the best way to put it. Well, Alex, it's great to see you. You're looking good. Great to see Once you. Once again, too. happy holidays. The Reverend, my right hand man, always with me. He's with us tonight. Reverend, how you doing? I'm all right. You doing good? Yeah. You ready for the holidays? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the Reverend is here, so that's always a good time. Uh, Dan Messina, What's you're, up, becoming, buddy? you're becoming a mainstay here. I I am here every week. Can't get rid of me. And you don't rock the boat too much, so you, you have a chance of staying on longer. I can and will. All right. So, but uh, having a good holiday so far? Sure, why not? All right. Sounds good. Good to have you on, Dan. And GT, Greg Teachout. How you doing, Greg? I'm pretty well, man. Uh, I'm ready to rock the boat and your socks off and anything else. All right. I mean, it's Thursday night at 7, and that's when I get good and ready to go. You know? Sounds sounds good. And uh, you, on the other hand, I'm not so sure how long you'll be on, but we'll see. Fair enough. All right. You listen to the Impact Movie Chat. As I said, it's an hour of live talk radio here on the Impact. Uh, we are talking about movies, nothing but films. It's all, uh, it's all about movies. It's the Impact Movie Chat. All right. Uh, let's start off first with a couple of reviews. The, um, that we saw things of last week. Last week had a couple films come out. Flight of the Phoenix, um, the Lemmy Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, Kinsey came around, and also um, Spanglish. Now, the Reverend was able to check out Spanglish, mm-hmm. the new James L. Brooks film starring uh, Taylor Leone, Cloris Leachman, and of course, everyone's favorite, Adam Sandler. Uh, you were able to check this one out. Yep. Uh, tell us kind of what it's about, because as for my synopsis of last week, uh, we weren't 100% certain of what... <laughs> This is what was going on with this right, movie. Right, right. Other than Adam Sandler is married with kids, and he's really cool, and he's great, and he has a Spanish-speaking uh, maid that moves in. Yes. Is, so is that basically the movie? Um, yeah. Good, well, okay. it, But it's really uh, more about um, Puff Vega's character. Uh, it's more about her and her daughter. That's really more the, the central focus of the movie. And uh, she moves in with this family, and the family's crazy, uh, Cloris Leachman as the uh, the grandmother is uh, really funny in this movie. I, th- I thought she was hilarious um, every time she was on screen. Uh, and actually, Adam Sandler doesn't come into it for a little while, and um, so you're like, where, after a while, you're like, where's Adam Sandler? Where's my water boy? Yeah, exactly. He eventually where's comes Happy in. He's. It's, I think the Adam Sandler fans would probably dig the movie. It's not really like an Adam Sandler movie, but he is funny in it. And does he, he use is. that voice at all where he's like, not too shabby? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he doesn't do uh, Canteen Boy or whatever that is. Um, no, um, 
Yeah, but it's it's a James L. Brooks movie. It's like as good as it gets or something like that, um, which I enjoy. And I thought it was an entertaining film. It's touching and funny and all those kind of things. Well, so, yeah, I enjoyed so it. So it's Spanglish. Yeah. So if you enjoyed maybe Turns of Endearment and As Good As It Gets, so of James L. Brooks's previous works, it's that same mold. Yeah. Very, it's very cute. I mean, it's it's a good, like, family-type movie. And if you're a big Billy Madison fan, <laughs> it may not necessarily be your, your cup of tea. Maybe not Maybe not quite Billy Madison, no. What's but the those, rating on that one, Reverend? I'm not actually... I, th- I think it's PG-13. PG-13, yeah. I think it's PG-13. I don't, I don't have it written below down. that anymore. I just want you guys to know. <laughs> you're, you're only R. Yeah. I, no, I'm only PG-13. PG-13. Rare exceptions, and R <clears throat> is my mainstay now. I boycott <laughs> children's culture in general. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Greg is very anti-child. That's right. And it's come out even more so in the last few weeks. Yeah, I think I've been polarized a little bit by the uh, the rife amount of support for children's films and general children's culture that I'm surrounded by all the time. And that's, Not necessarily on the show here, but in this, various places. This is, at, of course, like post-invention uh, of PG-13. Like, are you boycotting movies before that that are PG? No, like certainly Raiders not. Of Lost Ark or because something? I think there's a lot of really quality films that were made back when PG wasn't just sort of a stamp of approval for like a, a playpen outing, you know? Right, right, I right. like that. Gotcha. So, so prior to like 1985, it's a case-by-case basis. That's Qu- correct. Quick bit okay. of trivia. You guys probably already know this, but the first PG-13 movie? Temple of Doom? Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Really? Red Dawn. Which, <laughs> have any of you seen Red Dawn? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Great movie. Yeah. Oh, Alex, you don't know what you're right. missing. Um, Red Dawn is hilarious um, because it's uh, John Milius, correct? Yes. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. This is true. Um, John Milius. John Milius <laughs> never. To do with Conan yeah, the no, but, but but just to let you know. But John Milius, who directed those films, never left Vietnam. No. Never. He's still in in in, in southern Vietnam, still fighting you know, the, the Viet Cong. Was that one of you guys saying that Walter? Yeah, Walter, Walter Sobchak, the character that John Goodman plays in The Big Lebowski, is based on John Milius. How do you yeah. make the film if he's still fighting in Vietnam? <laughs> no, <right>? Well, <laughs> well, that's how he. Ma- that's why he it's made a movie a about connection. communism finally taking over. It's Red Dawn is brilliant <laughs> and makes no sense. Relevant to today, considering <laughs> some of the major players coming back to light, the bear, a.k.a. Mother Russia, I think we know we're Watch talking out. about Russia, no. and uh, North Korea. Oh. I'm just saying it could be more more of a Red Dawn in our future. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, what I love about Red Dawn is, <laughs> I mean, it's high school kids who are hanging out doing their thing, and then the Russians just kind of show up. They're it's, killing everybody. It's not really really explained that well as to why it happens, as, or as to why they're able to mount such a good resistance to these Russians <laughs> who've shown up and apparently made it through like the entire country to get to them somewhere. Well, I think, and I think they it's were. mentioned that they 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 nuke the eastern seaboard. Oh yeah. yeah, I think they take out like to Mississippi. So it's this is just out, ridiculous so. Cold War propaganda. It's, it's 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 like there's there's a sequence where like there's a Cuban commander who's like subservient to the Russian commander who's like oh you know I want to help out but you know I'm subservient and it's just like it's all about the political struggles <laughs> of like East versus West. It's really really hackneyed. Stars Patrick Swayze and uh, Rob Jer- Lowe. What was it? I'm sorry, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe is in it. Charlie um, Sheen. Charlie Sheen is the brothers. Uh, Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey. It's one of the million of films that somehow Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey were in together even around the time of Dirty Dancing. There's a great uh, early scene with uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, the yes. father in this like concentration <laughs> camp that's like really hilarious. And uh, Powers Booth plays a, a shot down air like pilot who helps like inspire the kids and like helps them with their tactics. They become like guerrilla fighters and like the I'm intrigued. This movie is hilarious, and it, it says even more about like the '80s mentality of like of like super conservatives who are actually like crazy afraid. 
Yeah. I mean, it was one thing to be like afraid of nuclear war, like you know, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. It was cool then, but like, the like, 80s. In 80, like in like '84 to be worried about it, it was it just seems a little crazy now. So it would make like a good double feature with Rocky Four. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's perfect. That's, actually, that's the. It also it involves a, a brief like an implied love story between Powers Booth and Leah Thompson. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Any movie that features that, I figure you can't go <laughs> and, wrong. I mean, and, and by and at the time, and you think, hey, Power Sports kind of old, and so is Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson's like she's like sixteen, seventeen yeah. <laughs> during the movie. Power Sports is still in his thirties. It is very creepy. I would say Rocky Four, Red Dawn, perfect. You know, kind of got a red white theme. Perfect for Santa Claus and Christmas. It's Christmas, so just around the corner. Check out uh, Rocky. Ford. Amazing yeah. segue. Good. <laughs> I, I, I you know, that's what it's all about. He wears a red suit. All right. You're listening to Impact Movie Chat. You're on 89 FM, The Impact. We're talking about movies, everything about movies. We're just letting you know how awesome Red Dawn is. Uh, we also want to remind you uh, to check out our message board at our, the awesome uh, Impact website. The website is uh, www.impact89fm.org.org. Um, it's got a lot of great info about the station. Tons of uh, information on the specialty shows, give you an idea of what the schedule is around here. Uh, a lot of the great artists that we drop on you every day. Also, has a wonderful section for message boards, which you'll find you know, message boards for all those wonderful programs. And the number one message board in the land, the Impact Movie Chat message board. Definitely check that out. It's a good time. Um, let's talk about a children's film that came out last week. I'd love to. That, children's chat. That I'm pretty sure Greg <laughs> didn't go see. But Alex has seen. Yes. Already. And this I is Lemmy it. Snicket's. A series of unfortunate events mm-hmm. based on the series of novels about the Borderlair orphans mm-hmm. uh, written by, well, it's actually by De- uh, Daniel Handler, who writes under the name Lemmy Snicket, mm-hmm. and he takes place in the stories. Sure. Uh, and this is our fifth, for those of you uh, watching out for the Jew Law Watch, for the autumn, <laughs> uh, the autumn of Law, as we call it. The fifth law. The fifth law <laughs> is Lemmy Snicket's uh-huh. A Series of Unfortunate Events. How was it? Well, I would give Law's performance a B plus. B plus, uh, and he's the narrator. He is the narrator. He, is the narrator. he does a fine job. I does must a good say, job. it's it's, it's, a, it's a functional role. He's but... got a melodious voice. <laughs> That's right. This, um, this stars Timothy Spall, a yes. uh, you know, um, couple of cute little children, and Jim Carrey as the evil, the menacing mm-hmm. Count Olaf, um, with like Craig Ferguson and a few Jennifer Coolidge thrown in yeah. as background noise. Yeah. How is it? Um, well, I've never read the books, That's um, all right. so I'm not familiar with any of that. It's understandable because um, they're children's books, so why would you have, really? <laughs> Sorry, please continue. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with them. Um, from what I've heard from other people, that they kind of water it down a little bit, that it's not as it's not as dark and harsh as, as these books were. They, they're, they're, they're gothic. They're very nice yeah. for the kids. Um, it's, and they've got a very rolled doll feel. Yeah, um, and I can definitely kind of see that. This has sort of a um, Spielberg-like light. Tim Burton feel to it, you know. It, it's not a very dark film. Okay. E- even visually, they kind of brighten it up a bit. Okay. Because um, the trailer, it kind of looks a little bit like a, it looks like a Burton kind of thing. A, yeah, it's a it's very garish. Juice, a little bit um, of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, and the uh, the director of photography on it was uh, Emmanuel Lubezki, who did the uh, did the photography on Sleepy Hollow. Sounds so good. There that you gives go. you a good idea what it what it looks like anyway, okay. and it does look really nice. Um, I can definitely see how maybe some people felt this was kind of a. a a watered-down kitty version of, of books that are already kid, kids' books. Um, Jim Carrey, who I almost always enjoy. Um, almost always? Yeah. I mean, I, I even liked him in The Grinch. Reverend, we found that guy who almost always enjoys Jim Carrey. Usually, <laughs> All right. it's hit or miss. Alex loves him. <laughs> Love um, The Grinch, I think he just said. I, I know. <laughs> not loves the movie, but I thought he was okay. Okay. Um, and he... Uh, he isn't very menacing in this, but he is very funny. Okay. Um, and he gets to put on a lot of different costumes and do wacky stuff. Um, it, it feels 
it, the movie feels a little bit episodic, you know? It's it's just like they go from one situation to the next. And you can definitely kind of tell that this is sort of like a setting up for future future installments in the mm-hmm. series. You know, they're kind of testing the water, see if this is a hit, and then they'll make more. This has that very – has this feeling of like a, a first entry in a franchise. Okay. But um, it's, it's pretty cute, and it definitely has um, a lot of visual stuff that's pretty neat. So I enjoyed it. Okay. And it was a number one movie at the box office, and I would okay. expect to see more. It's um, I think it's going to be a 13 series, a 13 book series, and this is actually the first three wrapped yeah. into one. So yeah, that's what I hear. They're building this. This is going to be mm-hmm. something big. Hopefully, they'll get a couple more movies out of it. So yeah. All right. So if you're if you're a child, or at least a child at heart, mm-hmm. you'll probably enjoy Lemon yeah, Snicket. Definitely. A series of unfortunate events. Okay. Thank you, Alex. I, for one, have read the books. Because I am a child. Uh, <laughs> You're a librarian, though, also, Brad. Yeah. I think that that comes with sort of well, your professional duties. Well, well I, I, <laughs> I, work, I work in a library. I am not a librarian. I also knew that. I was trying to trouble right. your title on the that's air. Right. I was just it's trying right. to be your buddy. I, I work in a library. No, I, but I've, I've read these. They're very cute. Um, Roll doll is as is, is, is easy as you get as an inspiration. They're fun. But this will be a, a franchise that we may see more. I, I don't think it's the next Harry Potter, but... Um, I think it'll come in every few years and make a, a boatload of money. It's definitely going to do better than the Polar Express, which uh, also a picture book. That's a little bit for the younger kids. Now that's a full G rating if I'm not. That's, that's like In my world, that's like X. That's somewhere yeah. I just never, ever <laughs> never, go no matter what. You, you, you don't even want to know about it. Just burn the film. That's All right. right. That's Lemmy Snicket's series of unfortunate events. I probably am the only person that actually wants to check this one out. Uh, I guess I just want to ask, I mean, not ha- having read the books or seen the movie, um, do you think, like, it could last as a franchise? I mean, like, the plot doesn't seem that complex. It's just a bunch right. of bad things happen to him, right? Is yeah, that going to last? Essentially. Like, um, if you're asking whether or not, it, that's really, that's kind of a complicated question, because if it's a hit, it will last to sequels. Um, right. As far as sustaining itself, I think the sequel could actually be better than this, because there is a sense of sort of setting things up, getting, you know, uh, exposition out of the way. So, um I mean, yeah, it's very episodic, and it could get old quick, but um, I think they could get at least squeeze a couple more out of this, and they'd be entertaining. Okay. I guess for me, how large of a role does Law have as the narrator? Because not only, but I mean, in the books, he acts as a narrator, but he yeah. has active conversations with the audience. Okay. He's, he's, um, a, he's, a, he's the next major character beyond Count Olaf and the, the Baudelaire orphans. He's, he's, the, he's right in there. Okay. Um, not too heavy. Basically, he is narrating. We, do, we see him like in the shadows okay. typing. Um, his, his narration is really good. It's really, uh, it's really uh, dry and, and, and deadpan and very, um, very matter-of-fact, I guess, mm. which is really appropriate, I that's think. That's how the books are. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah, so he, he does a fine job. He, as far as him as a character, you don't get too much. Okay. But um, he's, he's throughout. He's, he, he pops in throughout. All right. So I'm trying to understand like the plot of the book slash the movie. Like it's just one unfortunate event. After is this a means of preparing kids for reality, or is this uh... in, in, a, in a way? Well, what happens basically? Three children, their parents die in a fire, and they have to go live with their evil uncle. So what? So far, yeah. <laughs> who wants to? That's not so bad, buddy. He wants to steal their fortune, and just they have it's just unfortunate things like they have to eat cold soup, and it's just it's just really weird things that I mean, I'm not sure. this is at least in the stories. I'm not sure how much it differs from them, but I think they cut some for for time purposes. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm sure the time they ate cold but... soup, they probably got rid of that, or the, or the, or the cold <laughs> porridge. They probably thought, hey, we can, we can take some liberties and cut that out. But I it's mean, just it's just like you know things that are you know unfortunate for them, and then they, they get they get shifted around from uh, distant relative to distant relative, and 
Count Olaf is always on their case, always trying to steal them, to kidnap them, and steal their fortune. And just one bad thing ha- happens after yeah, another. Pretty much, That's yeah. pretty much it. I mean, like the books, the books don't end on like, and the day was good. Like it's still <laughs> the books end like, and things yeah. still stunk. Like it's it's still and very like unfortunate. Children like this. I mean, this yeah, is like they're, a hit they're, with they're like quite kids. popular. This is, they're, they're this quite is... popular. There are eleven books now, I believe. Eleven. That's that's amazing. Some more to go. Yeah, the children like them. It's it's uh, get a, it's just they're irreverent and fun, and they're, they're different style than what most kids get. And that's kind of becoming mm-hmm. a big push is that they're getting these things where the, the world is not sugar coated for them, or at least it's <laughs> it's made to believe it's it's. <laughs> You know, gravel coated. So Children don't can... actually read, guys. I mean, I gotta break this too, but these are people like our age who are reading these. They're girls mostly, or our age, and they're reading these, and that's why these oh, books are popular. Greg, well, Greg, Greg doesn't like to read himself. No, so I he work, likes to get I work in a school, and I, I know children don't he's, read. He's... <laughs> you work in a school? I do. Oh, I did not know that. I'm not, well, you not, learned... not the time or place, that's, but that's what you do. We're gonna talk about school chat here on the Impact Movie Chat now. Um, and let's move to the last movie we're gonna review. Before we do previews and get to our major topic of discussion for the night, we'll involve people who like Napoleon Dynamite or hate it, and people who love Gangs of New York or hate it, but I'll talk about that in a second. The film Kinsey came yes. out around here last week. We somehow missed it, but you know that's that happens. <laughs> uh, directed by Bill Condon, he did uh, Gods and Monsters. He wrote the script for Chicago. Uh, this is about... Uh, Albert Kinsey, starring Liam Neeson and Laura Linney. Uh, Peter Skarsgård is in it. Alex, you were able to check this one out. I was. And how was it? Um, it was good. Uh, the The acting is, is extremely good. Um, basically, the the entire cast, down to um, even the uh, the small players. Uh, Bill Sadler shows up. Actually, um, I don't know if you, you'd recognize him. I guess probably his most prominent role really would be um, Demon Knight. <laughs> yeah, he is the hero in um, Tales from the Crypt Demon oh, yes. Dead, but uh, <laughs> I love Bill Sadler. He's the um, he's in Shawshank Redemption. He's in the yeah. evil. Uh, he's the evil general in Die Hard Two, Die Harder. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Sadler. Exactly. He's great. Um, but he has a little. He drops in a little cameo that's okay, pretty nice. good actually. Um, it's it's a very intellectual film. Um, it's it's mostly interested in Kinsey's work, I guess. Less um, less about him as a man. Um, I, I guess one of the main, I guess one of the main points of the film is that Kinsey was a hard man to know and a hard man to live with. Um, he had, you know, for as much as he knew about people scientifically, he didn't know a whole lot about people on, on a human level. Um, so That's the movie so kind of deals with that and, um, it's, it's definitely engrossing, but because this guy is the central figure, it's never really, um very endearing i guess uh you never really feel very attached to to any of the characters i suppose but um i mean maybe that's not necessary i don't know um so i I guess i would say i was engrossed by sort of what what comes across as a history lesson about kinsey's work but i was never totally um i never totally got into it on a more i don't know more human emotional level you know um it it is a it is a very well-written film and um, really interesting in parts but uh it didn't knock me out all yes. right. That is Kinsey. It's out right now. It started last week, uh, starring Liam Neeson and Laura Linney. Uh, those are the films that you can see out there right now. Later on, we're going to preview a uh, laundry list of films that either started on Wednesday, will start tomorrow, or will start on Saturday, Christmas Day. Not sure why they have to save it till Christmas. You can just bring it out on Friday, everybody. It'll be all right. Uh, but there are quite a few films. We'll be talking about those in just a little bit. We'll also let you know what's come out uh, in your local video store, so in case you want to hunker down in this... Uh, this blizzard we had from yesterday, you can uh, do that and rent a couple films and do it that way. Uh, but right now, let's switch gears and talk about, we occasionally do, I, by occasionally I mean once prior, we've actually done a versus contest where we take two movies, 
uh, that are similar, or at least have a similar theme, or maybe a sim- we would expect a similar audience, and we pit them against each other, and we, we have a grudge match and decide which film is superior. Today we're going to do people instead and have a grudge match in the form of a fist fight <laughs> in the studio about movies. So, so <laughs> at the end, right. to a degree, to a degree. So I'll the two films. For the so for the two of the films, uh, since there's so much alike, uh, we're going to go with uh, a film that the Reverend loves, mm-hmm. Gangs of New York, and a film that Dan loves, Napoleon Dynamite, which came out on video this week. I was able to finally check it out, and so was. Uh, the Reverend. So we've now seen, we've all have seen these films. But Alex also hasn't talked about his opinion about Napoleon Dynamite on no. the air also. So, so there's we'll, a, we'll, really a lot of fresh meat here. So it's five people. There will be a distinct winner of who gets the who gets the honor of Napoleon Dynamite versus Gangs of New York. Is this going to be a democratic decision? Now? Uh, no, it's gonna be a, <laughs> no, because it's going to be more of a totalitarian thing because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lopsided victory for some of us. Uh, but I'm first going to let <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Well, well, a cu- couple of things. First off, people who maybe listen from week to week, I'm sure there are, you know, lots of you maybe, um, or not. Uh, the it's 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 an ongoing, I guess, theme. The Napoleon Dynamite idea that I like Napoleon Dynamite and no one else on the show does. No. Not to give anything away, but that's been a theme. I hopefully that'll for, change for a while. Um, and and uh, that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah, Just to pretty fill much people every in. week, someone mentions Napoleon Dynamite. It's usually Greg. Dan's like, I love that movie. Greg's like, I hate that movie. Andy's like, that movie stinks. And then we get a couple callers who say, hey, that movie rocks or that movie stinks. And we, we talk about it for a little while. Well, tonight we're just going to do it. Napoleon Dynamite versus Gangs of New York. What two movies are more dissimilar in their tone, their style, genre, um, pacing, pretty much everything that I can think of. These two films are nothing alike. Uh, so Gangs of New York versus Napoleon Dynamite. Let's get it on. Dan, who wants to go first? I'd love to kick. Oh, I'm sorry, Robert. Oh, no, go ahead. Go I'd ahead. I'd love to kick it off by discussing how much I hate Gangs of New York. But only. But, but first, but first, we're actually going to let Reverend go first because he's been on the show the longest. So Reverend, oh, go ahead. Okay. Right, you get to. First of all, I want to hear how you felt about Gangs of New York, and then, um, yeah, that sounds good. And then we'll we'll just we'll just springboard from there. We're going to start with Gangs of New York. Go, Reverend. Uh, I love Gangs of New York. It's totally my kind of film. Um. I, it was one of those things I went into expecting to hate it, and I loved it. And every time I see it, I actually like it more. Um, and uh, it's, I don't think Napoleon Dynamite really delivers on the epic revenge story <laughs> aspects. In comparison, it's really weak. In that <laughs> it, has not, it has no epic <laughs> it revenge story. It doesn't have the it doesn't scope. Have it. Whereas, you know, it's like, uh, I think... Um, you know, Napoleon Napoleon Dynamite might be a little better in terms of like the school aspect because you <laughs> yeah. really don't see much of Napoleon or you, you don't of see Amsterdam. much of Leo's, uh, you know, schooling days. No, it it's, just it's completely cut out of the film. That. So <laughs> I, I would say that it could work as maybe instead, you know, between chapter two and chapter three, they tucked Napoleon Dynamite in, right, right, rechange some, change the names, and we get an idea of how digitally insert yeah. Leo. This isn't a clinic, guys. Though <laughs> we just this... got to go with the finished films. Dude, right? we're not repairing anything. <laughs> Bill the Butcher is the uncle. Yes, um... yes. <laughs> okay. All right, Dan. So, so I, Dan, I would, I would like my turn now. So you can. You, <laughs> you, right. How do you I, feel about Gangs of New York? I hate Gangs of New he York. He hates Gangs of New York. I, I think I, I went into this thinking it's a Scorsese film. I love Scorsese. He's the Greatest living director of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I maybe at one point thought that. All right. 
my, my the big thing I want to do with everybody I know is I want to sit down with, with anybody and everybody and watch that movie, and I want to watch people defend scene by scene and explain to me why it's cool that Leonardo DiCaprio comes back after watching his father killed and runs into his little friend from childhood, and, and they happen to dig up the little knife together. Really and what's he gonna Star do? Wars. He's gonna I'll kill you. What's he gonna do? <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna he's not gonna just up and kill Daniel Day Lewis's character, the butcher. No, he's gonna maybe kind of. I don't know, in that stupid way, infiltrate his little kingdom, but kind of do it. And he happens to catch on to him and make him his little buddy, his little sidekick. I, I, I just, I, just, I want to pause it every 10 minutes, and, and I want to have people just, just well, explain to me what was good. What was a good line that was said right there? Well, what first, was a good moment let's that pause you, right there? and we'll go back to the reverend. <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to say, I didn't know how far you were going. I would say don't give the whole yeah. movie away. I don't know if that's if you were, but... Just, he was on that path. <laughs> He's on that path. I'm just saying don't give away the ending. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you were going there. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much all I want to say. Uh, yeah, I could totally defend this whole movie, scene by scene. I would, scene I'd be willing to do that sometime. Scene by scene? You know what? To. I think we'll actually have, we'll have to do a show where we just dedicate it to scene by scene. We'll, we'll do it over a couple People nights. can play along. They well, can yeah. be like, we'll be like, okay, we're, we're on the starting the movie chapter, now. hit play. Hit play, <laughs> and then next week we'll continue with the rest of the film, because let's face it, it's only an hour show. But maybe we can then... It would have go, to be like three we'll, shows. We'll hang out into the basement. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just cut out some basement time. It's, and every time where you'll a, find the best a, in local music. Every time uh, there's a book. stealth kill, we can take a call and have like a trivia about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, well, there you go. But the movie is glorified eye candy. It's uh, it's very colorful and very indulgent. And, oh, it's so crazy how wacky they were back in the 1860s. They had the guys who would blow dust in your face, not to give anything away there. Dan's from another planet, by the way. <laughs> Everyone, if, if you're confused about what he's this saying... This movie is empirically rash. bad. I don't empirically understand. Empirically bad. It is Ooh. bad. It is not a good movie. The characters have absolutely no depth. The beginning scene where they're having like the fight amongst the different gangs. Focus, it's like a, it's it's like they're singing. It's like it should be a musical or something. Focus you know, they're all thing. speaking in rhythm. Where they're this, where they're this. It's Dan like I want them to start musical, dancing or something. I'll kill you. Dan wrote a full length <laughs> musical for the state. It's about. I, I, I will absolutely. No, okay. No, okay, my turn. Let's go to Greg. I, I think when anyone and I hate to have to call people's character into question, but when it gets to the level of ND and it gets to the level of Gangs of New York, that's what's going to have to happen. You have. I mean, if you want to stay some, on gangs in New York, right? If, if you want some advice about surgery, you wouldn't ask William the Butcher, probably, right? No, that's gangs of New York related because he's right? a shallow character, right? Because he's a shallow, empty character. Although he was heralded by lots of people as being otherwise, but that's that's okay. So is Napoleon Dynamite. We're not going to fall on majority rule, um, but. I think that if you're going to ask like Dan about what he thinks about like the musicality of the scene, you have to take into account the fact that he wrote a musical. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's right. All, that's, that's what I'm true. saying. Uh, now, Alex, uh-huh. we haven't got. How do you feel about Gangs of New York? Uh, I like Gangs of New York. Actually. You like Gangs of New York? Yeah. Um, I think it's a mess, personally. I, okay. I do think that it's a bit of a mess. Um, Dan, Dan, he thinks it's a mess. I, I do think Build that. Um, I, I think. I don't know what happened. I, I think um, Scorsese got a little out of control on this one, and um, it has some things that I think are, are, are disastrous about it. I really do not like the ending of this film. I won't say anything about it, but I, I don't like where it goes. Um, but the thing about Scorsese is that I think he's so good that he makes a mess fascinating, and that this movie is purely entertaining despite its problems. I think that you cannot stop watching this movie because he can he can just stage scenes that are just. Um, he, he, he has a skill for, for staging great moments, you know. And there are a lot of great moments in Gangs of New York, I think. All right. Here, here. Greg, Greg give well, me. Instead of having a, a scattershot character assassination here, which I'd be cur- perfectly comfortable but with. But you're not going to do that. But so. I'm not going to do that. Instead of doing that, I think that we should uh, focus a little bit on some certain aspects. So we won't start with a score because that would be kind of silly. But I, I think Phil brings an interesting point. When, you know, if you're looking for epic revenge, I think one of these films is clearly the victor. If you're looking for... <laughs> 
kind of a watered down, for really drifted teenage. But no, there's no angst there because that's like a real emotion that people feel. Yeah. So no, no, no. Well, let me have my say here. So I, I mean, if you're looking for something that is completely devoid of any emotion, then I think that Napoleon Dynamite's like a good example of that. All sort right. of thing. You see, I have I have trouble with this idea of epic revenge here, and that and you don't not, like it. Not, well, no, no, I like epic revenge. I'm a fan of epic revenge, but but the issue I take is 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 just how how inconsistent. Like there, there aren't any real characters. Maybe the butcher. Maybe the butcher is one character in this movie that I would say is maybe kind of multifaceted and maybe kind of interesting. Everybody else is just this big, indulgent, colorful caricature that doesn't really make any sense. Like, Leo, just throughout the movie, I guess, sorry to give it away, could be killing the butcher at any point in time to get this epic revenge. But no, he has this honor thing to, like, apparently abide by. But it doesn't really make much sense the way in which he does it. This movie is just, again, it's just a big, indulgent, colorful mess that maybe... Uh, maybe we're even in some ways saying the same thing, and that and like you you like it for 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 that in the way that a lot of things are staged. I I don't like the fact that it's a mess. It bothers me. Okay, Reverend, do you want to chime in on anything about? Well, just the aspect of killing him at any time. I to defend the movie point by point. Right at the beginning, he says, "If you kill a king, you do it in front of everyone, so everyone sees it. So he plans it to do it at a specific time. That's why he doesn't kill him at any point in the movie. He's waiting for." That climactic Grandiose. scene where they're yeah. doing the the celebration of uh, Priest Valen's uh, death. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say uh, that you know this movie, this movie and Napoleon Dynamite are a perfect example of sort of my philosophy of you know don't let people tell you what a good or bad movie is. You know, just if you enjoy the movie, then you enjoy the movie. You know, it's like it's like. No, now, we're not getting into Napoleon Dynamite yet, but Dan, you know, you like Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. Just dig the movie. Who cares what other people think? You know? I mean, you can just enjoy it. We're Phil, that's that's, little, that's Phil, that piece. is so wrong. Yeah. That is so wrong. That is not the sentiment that we endorse here on this show. Debate. No. <laughs> on this show, if you love a movie, you go to it to the ends of the earth. And if you hate a movie, you hate on it all day long. That's right. And wake that person up the next morning <laughs> to hate it all day tomorrow. That's how we do. You don't just have that self-satisfaction that you owned. That you, I liked it. Or I didn't like it. No. You got to yell about it. Yeah, why don't you go watch Higher Learning, Phil? Exactly, Phil. <laughs> Sorry. Higher Learning. That, that's the only... Uh, that's the only bit of logical. Okay, no, that's good. Now I'll get back to the uh, the ranting. <laughs> well, um, back. back to the rant. Uh, to address Alex's, the movie's a mess. Yeah, I, I kind of, in a sense, I feel that, although I didn't, doesn't really bother me. Um, but I think that's partially that Scorsese has two styles of direction: manic or depressive, depending on what he what he's feeling. I kind of like his manic movies a little more personally, which some people. Don't like as much, but like After Hours and Gangs, mm-hmm. I think are easily two of my favorites. And those are like, Scorsese's crazy, you know, get back off, he's going nuts. You know, that's, I kind of like those a bit more than his like slower paced movies. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree, actually. One of the things I really like about Gangs is that it's the first movie in, in years that Scorsese made that actually feels like, bam, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is me just, just going wild, just doing my thing, you know? Like, um, Bringing Out the Dead and Casino and Age of Innocence are very mannered, very, um, I guess the word would be mature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I kind of like that Gangs is sort of a return to, um, I, I would almost say it's kind of similar in, in spirit. Maybe this is maybe this is stretching, but to Mean Streets a little bit. Yeah. And it's just out there, you know? I mean... I don't yeah, know. I think, and he's got the energy of like a twenty-something year old director. Right. If you didn't know who he was and you watched Gangs in New York, you'd be like, 
Man, this has to be a young director, right? Because exactly. it's not like a fifty-something or sixty-something-year-old. I definitely, I can definitely agree with that. Well, his I, energy level still is very high in all of his well, films. I agree with that as well, and I, I think it is—it's a very ambitious film. I just think it fails, but but it is ambitious, and I I, I almost wonder if like I mean he's he's this legendary director. I, I almost wonder if people are are not willing to edit him anymore, and if he comes up with these kind of ideas that maybe almost initially sound really good. You know, but but just don't work if no one's willing to tell him. No, you actually shouldn't have this character doing this. No one would could or should say this. No one. This should not happen. But if it, I don't know, if maybe when he was younger, people would do that. I almost wonder. I, I don't. Well, know. it's everyone out of that generation that that saved and ruined Hollywood all at the same time. <laughs> right. Spielberg and Lucas. They they are now honored gods among cinema. And the film school generation. Yeah, they have they have the power, they have the money, and they can do whatever they want. And I do agree. I I can see your point on that. Is that now it's when, whatever Marty says, Marty can get. And I think he's probably left his some of his roots and you know moved beyond that to for a little bit more of commerciality. And we'll talk about his new film, The Aviator. For me personally, I I agree a little more with Alex on this. I I don't think this movie is brilliant. Sorry, Reverend, but I think it is a beautiful mess. <laughs> it's 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 got. A, it's, I have a lot of problems with it, so I can give Dan his t- with some of the plot elements. It's a little drawn out at times, but for the most part, I like some. Like I don't like Leonardo DiCaprio, but for the most part, most of the characters are very good. There are some dead ends. The Cameron Diaz character, bad plot. I think a bad plot point with that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, a lot of good stuff going on. This movie is beautiful. Um, that opening sequence is a grabber. I was actually going to point out for. Let's just. Take you know a case by case analysis here. Let's look at the opening sequence of both movies. If we're having a versus, <laughs> and that, that, I, we all laugh because that seems like such an absurd joke. How could you even compare them? Well, that's the whole point of the verses. But I mean, the opening sequence of Gangs of New York. I think if you don't go in with a preconceived hatred notion, which I don't think Dan did, um, for almost anyone I've ever talked to, and for me personally, was was near spellbinding. I mean, the way it looks, the way it is, has a marvelous build. The, the music I think works brilliantly with it, instead of just being a sort of really empty, hackneyed indie soundtrack to the beginning of a completely pointless Dust Bowl story. And I, I just, I, I can't understand how how the openings of those two things could even compare to one another. So I, I think the, you know, the, the journey of a thousand footprints begins with a single something or something like that. Well, and, and a couple of things. I, I really, I, I really disliked the opening sequence of Gangs of New York. I, I did. I, I just, I thought it was bad. But, but I do think in a lot of ways we are, some of us are, are saying the same things, though, ultimately, again, it, it, it is a mess. And I think a lot of the things that we're all willing to acknowledge are there. You guys like those things. I don't like those things. And I hate saying agree to disagree because I, I hate that. But I think we're all – I think we almost see the movie, some of us, in, in the same way. I, I don't think don't, so. I just don't like those things. But I think the opening sequence is a mess. I, 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 that's, I just, that's where I have a major problem. I, I think it looks very good and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's well, one yeah, of the few I, things I can like. I'm into that movie for the first, like, 15 minutes, and that's when the problem is when – basically when – Leonardo DiCaprio steps on stage is where I actually then, like, the movie kind of grinds for a few minutes. And, well, yeah. I, I kind of agree. I'm agreeing with Dan here. Like, if you don't dig the opening scene, you're not going to dig the movie, mm-hmm. really. I mean, so, yeah. yeah, in a sense. So that's fine. You know, yeah. So, Dan, I'll give you that. We'll give you that. <laughs> well, and I think I went into it also. What I love about Scorsese movies and, and, and other movies that he's done, and maybe this is a lot where expectation did factor in, but I, I love the dialogue in, like, Taxi Driver. And I went into it maybe maybe hoping like it would it would have some of this aesthetic, and instead I got this you know more more Bruckheimer esque dialogue in the style at least, and, and maybe you could argue it's successful, but it's 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 not tangible, and you could say well a movie could still be good with not tangible dialogue, and I think it can, but I I just hated it. I just really wanted a, a I don't know you know a nice 
I don't dialogue movie. So would you say that maybe if Schrader had wrote it, you would have liked it more? <laughs> I don't know if Schrader <laughs> could have really done that one. I'm not sure if he's, he's up on his uh, Civil War era <laughs> revenge dramas. Okay, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact. We're comparing Gangs of New York and that favorite of 2004, Napoleon Dynamite. Which is better, Napoleon Dynamite or Gangs of New York? Head-to-head, Monday Night Football style, going against each other. Uh, that is four spins for Gangs of New York. One sit. Uh, that's from Dan. So let's change gears. Let's move with Napoleon Dynamite. Um, I'll let Dan start off. This is Napoleon Dynamite is huge. My mother knows about Napoleon Dynamite. That gives you an idea. It's the big indie hit of the year. Uh, stayed in the theaters longer than anybody can remember. It's it's huge. And it finally came out on video this week. It's at your local retail uh, selection. I finally got to check it out myself, and I'll save that for a few minutes. But Daniel has been taken on the chin for many, many weeks because he loves it. And nobody else on the show likes it. But I haven't given my opinion yet. The Reverend hasn't given his opinion yet. And Alex hasn't given his opinion yet. So, I'd like to give so, my opinion again Greg, sometime. Sometime. Greg is, so Maybe it's, last. You know, we'll, we'll say, we'll let, actually, we're going to let Dan go first. You love it. You, you're the champion of the ND. I am. Every week. Week in, week out. It's been mentioned, I think, every week for the last month. Dan so, told me to go see this movie. That's part of the reason that we have this blood feud now. Sounds good. Dan, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Some, how do you feel? Do you like it? Do you love it? Why? Something I've found with some people who didn't necessarily, who said they didn't like it, is, is when we started referencing scene by scene by scene, they found themselves laughing at the characters and laughing no, at the scenes. I was laughing scenes. at you because you <laughs> like <laughs> it. Greg. Just let, by let some through. people, actually, yeah, that's actually true. Okay. I remember sitting down with Greg here on my left and discussing scene by scene <laughs> and him actually laughing, not at me, mind you, but at scenes, like when Napoleon references Nunchuck. Okay, this well, is anyway, completely it's true. It's illegal to slander someone on the air. <laughs> Continue. Anyway, regardless, I, I, I would, I would also like to sit down with people and watch this movie. And I know people would walk in and be like, "I don't want to like this." I, I really think you would end up finding yourselves, whether you wanted to or not, quoting the lines and laughing at the movie. And and I, I really believe that. And this sounds insane, but I, I, I really believe this. I think You're this right, movie it does is, sound insane. It does. I, I think this movie is really very funny. It's very clever. It's it I don't know. People have been criticizing it, saying it's a poor man's Wes Anderson. It's I but a lot of the things that I like about like Bottle Rocket are things I like about this movie. And and I in a lot of ways I almost think you have to watch this movie a second time too. That's not a justification. I think it's good the first time. But I, I just I think it's a very funny, quotable movie that I don't know. You watch it with a friend, you quote it back and forth, and you just laugh about it for days. Okay. And, that's, and, that, and you love it. Greg, you've been on the show week in and week out. I have. Hating on this movie. Give me just a small snippet of your hate. Sure. We'll get back to you, of course. I, I so think, you hate more. Okay. I, I, I didn't go into the movie not wanting to like it, so I think expectation plays something there, too. I had heard nothing but good things about it, and that's quite literally true. There was an amazing press buzz, and a couple people that are dear to me told me that I would really like it, and somebody actually took me to see it. And I was next to them hating it. So the, the empiricism of the badness really seeped through the airwaves and through the din of screaming from all the girls that were probably 14 or 15 around me that were quoting the movie who would obviously already seen it. So uh, I guess I think claiming that if you went into it with an open mind or, or if you need to go and see it a second time, you would, in spite of yourself, be loving it. I, it's like saying that Dan would buy the Gangs of New York soundtrack, listen to it over and over, quoting his favorite movie mo- moments from it, but he would just see it a few more times. I, I don't think that's true. I think that's an absurd assertion. So. Well, but, but I mean, Gangs of New York is not a comedy. I mean, this this is a comedy. A comedy is I more the... Th- not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that is a very good point. Now, Dan, Dan, you've, you've done an excellent job setting it up. You love this movie. Um, but let's let's get a, a few more new voices okay. on this. So I've so got that, a, a sit and a spin. For for Napoleon Dynamite, we have three 
more people here that are willing, you know, can this go the other way? Can Napoleon Dynamite make up the ground that it lost against Gangs of New York? Is there something harsher than a sit? Because I want to do a curb bite <laughs> no, on Napoleon no, Dynamite. Just a sit. Just a sit. That's, a that's, that's the motto of this station, Sitter Spent. Uh, but I'll like, give you an idea. Well, Dan. it's also very that you even no if chance. everybody disagrees with me on everything I've said so far, that doesn't mean I lose. Or maybe it does. You know yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't. You'll you I mean you've been really taken down tonight. But anyway, let's start with Alex. Okay. Alex, I, I you have been uh, done so far so well tonight. I've enjoyed your 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 musings. Oh, thank you. And it's good to see that you haven't lost your form. Thoughtful guy. But but give me Napoleon Dynamite. Do you like Wes Anderson? I do. Do you like Todd Salons? I do. Did you like Napoleon Dynamite? No, I did not. No, you did not. Tell me what. Um, well, I think for one thing, it's very superficial to say that this is similar to Wes Anderson or Todd Thank Salons. You. Um, it's, I guess what they get from Wes Anderson is that it, it's, it's kind of quirky and it, the humor is deadpan. And there's a, there's a, certain, there's a certain connection to them visually, I guess. But I don't really see it too much. Um, this isn't a Wes Anderson film. Um, and Todd Salance, I think, is even more out of bounds because although this is about a gawky high school kid, this has none of, like, the stinging humor of, say, like, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Um, I guess this movie, I mean, what it comes down to is do you find it funny or not? I, I think uh, I did not find it funny. Um, the uh, my big problem with it is that the um, the characters are completely one dimensional. They're completely just caricatures, basically. Um, and the movie is totally condescending to them. That basically it's um, an hour and a half of laughing at weirdos and losers um, who have no real human qualities, but who are just um, ridiculous caricatures. They're there for I think. you to laugh at. Yeah, basically. Um, and there's no human connection to these people because they're not they're not people. You know, they're they're um, they're just they're characters out of out of the uh, screenwriter's sketchbook. You know, he like drew a funny character and said, "Okay, he's in the movie." You know, um, and they're they're really no more than the sum of their different uh, idiosyncratic uh, qualities. Okay. Yeah. All so right. That's my so thoughts. I, that's a that's a sit. That's like, a sit. That's a sit. I like <laughs> to make this guy my general in the war. <laughs> <laughs> now the Reverend. Yeah. You and I have been hounded over the last few weeks that we we have to see this movie. Yeah. Love it or hate it, we just have to check this one out. So you finally were able to check it out this week. Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, it's going to be kind of a, a mixed one because um, I, I, pretty, I pretty much hated the movie. But <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm writing this down as a sit. I'm well, writing no, it down no, as a sit. No. It's going to be a spin. Oh. Because, what are you doing? Well, I'm just thinking, you know, as, as, a, as a movie show. I think that most people would enjoy this film, and I think most people do. So in, in that sense, heck? it's a spin. For me, I didn't really laugh at all. I didn't think it's a comedy, and I didn't think it was funny at all. Like, it just hurt me, and it was boring, and uh, I don't know. I just, that, that was the only problem. It's not like I never laughed. There were a few parts I laughed. I thought the lead guy was kind of funny. Like, most of the laughs I had were about him and, like, his mannerisms. But there was, like... A few times in the movie, you know, it was a few and far between. Yeah, uh, I liked the ending because that was cute, and I like things that are cute. None, none of the rest of the movie is cute. Um, it's all just hateful, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and actually, I, I will say that as a, as a pro for the movie, um, because uh, I do kind of like that because Wes Anderson, like Rushmore. I mean, it it's, has similarities to Rushmore, um, but Wes Anderson actually has some empathy. For Max Fisher, whereas I feel like 
whoever directed Napoleon He's Dynamite. He's a chotch. We don't yeah. know. Some MTV Heater? chotch. John, John Heater? Heater, yeah. Heater. Uh, I feel like he hates all of his characters. Yeah. I don't think he cares about them, and I think it's like... It's not a pro-nerd movie. I think it's an anti-nerd movie. And in, yes. in a sense, I like it because it's kind of different, and I like it because it's really hateful. But I, at the same time, it doesn't make me care about the characters at all. So I wish, I don't know, for some reason, I just, it's just a comedy and I didn't laugh. So that's, that's the long that's and the short okay. of it. Yeah. I, I personally, before we get back, we're going to let you have your say in a second, Dan. I hated this movie. Uh, and my girlfriend, who used to be a panelist on the show, actually walked out to do the dishes after a while. So <laughs> yes, thank she, you, Monica. She, she didn't enjoy it that much. Uh, and she loves – I actually – I felt that I agree with the Reverend and Alex, definitely, that the characters are just loathed by the director. They're not, there's no sympathy. There's um, Wes Anderson, you know, Max Fisher's foibles are out there and, you know, his, his, his scars are out there. But he's, he's nursing them and trying to be gentle. Whereas the director on this, it's just like throws them out there for us to laugh at, and to laugh at a character is never a good thing for the comedy. It's it's rare rare for me to think of a comedy where I'm I have to laugh at these characters and think, oh well, this is a good film. Like I have to laugh at someone else because I'm better than them. Like that's a tough type of comedy for me to handle. Um, from the get go, I, I have to disagree. I found it completely derivative, and I okay. at least felt in certain circumstances. Not saying the entire movie throughout, but at least in handling of certain elements. And certain things, I felt like I was either watching portions of a Wes Anderson film okay. or portions of Todd Salons. Now, as you said, with Todd Salons, you didn't feel at least any of the binding of the humor. Yeah. Like, you, you know, at least any of the, This was uh, mean-spirited, yeah. but... Um... But I agree with you. I th- but I think the reason that it fails is a Todd Salons ripoff because it tries, but it doesn't have... None of the humor is binding. It's just mean-spirited. Right. It's, okay. it's, it's along right. those lines. It yeah. doesn't even get to that level where it can say... I'm just ripping them off. It fails at the ripoff. <laughs> like it's, it right. fails at being just derivative. Right? That's why I was upset about the idea that it was derivative and wasn't derivative at the same time. I feel <laughs> conflicted because it's such a derivative piece. It's of- both, but yeah, at the same time, it doesn't even pull that off. It's trying too hard. Doesn't do it well enough. I had a real problem with this movie. Uh, I, I, you know, just there's just I'm just trying to figure out like when I I, I giggle at times. I laughed at a few instances. I'll agree with the Reverend on it. I did not like this movie. I hated this movie. I'm not going to say this is one of the worst movies of the year, though I usually like to hate on a movie. And most I've had like 19 worst movies of the year, but uh, I just didn't like it. I understand most everyone else does. I wouldn't tell anyone not to see it. It's based on IQ, though. Would you say that? <laughs> no, we're not, we're not <laughs> going with that. That's, hold on a second. Dan is not an idiot. Okay, for liking this movie, Dan's an idiot that. for other reasons. But go ahead, Dan. Oh, buddy. Backhanded. That's a joke. I See, know. it's a hurtful joke. We're laughing at you. How's it, it feel? Make a movie about it. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Go ahead. I, well, one thing I'll say about this movie is that, yeah, there there is no one character that is really relatable. I, I, I agree with that. And, uh, and yeah, the, these characters, they are caricatures. I, I agree with that, too. I think it's just specifically, it's, it's the lines they say and it's the manner in which they say them that... I, maybe it is. You find them funny or you don't. I you I found them. No, we're not, really... we're, not, we're not playing that. No, no, no just exactly. so so. Can't talk about the dialogue. Moving on, <laughs> um, moving on. I I I. But I found them. I found them very funny. Like one scene after the other. I just I I really and yeah. I didn't relate to the characters, but I I still liked them in a weird way. Even though I know I, yeah, he's throwing them out there to be laughed at. But at the same time, I don't think you necessarily hate the characters, even though you're laughing at them. They are there's an element of freak show, but there's an element of you like them though too. I don't know. All right. See, my, my problem is the way they're presented. I I can have no sympathy for them. Yeah, I they're really just they're just Napoleon. set up such. I just I just you find them grating, you find them annoying. Napoleon 
his his brother, his uncle, every character just becomes an annoyance to you. And uh, I apparently missed a very funny end credit sequence, but I was just waiting out the cre- wait to the credits. Mm. Just oh. gotta get to the credits. No, I don't, it was murder. And I, it was Geely rolled into five minutes. I just gotta I just gotta <laughs> get to the credits. I just gotta get, you know that was for me, and I, yeah. I turned it off then. But apparently. You gotta stick through the credits. There's they a little even, nugget for you. Even Dan's not gonna defend. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't want to go to bat for that. For okay. that, okay. honestly, and I still like the movie. Um, I just felt it was appropriate to say that uh, because he's not here today. I, I, I think I could put his opinion forward. Andy, <laughs> Andy, okay. yeah. Andy despises this movie. Hates um, him. It's like his least favorite movie of the year. Um, so I thought that he would appreciate somebody putting that out there. That Andy's also sitting this a, a triumphant sit. In fact, well, that's 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 it's still five sits to two spins. We're counting Andy and Monica. So oh, yeah. when it comes out, <laughs> Gangs oh, of buddy. New York gets four spins to one sit. So Gangs of New York, everyone seemed to like it. Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> so five bad. sits to one spin. It's a lopsided victory. No, I spun Napoleon Dynamite. You said, oh, I, I'm sorry. Five sits to two spins. Yeah, yeah. Five sits to two spins from Napoleon Dynamite still doesn't help. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, lesser film. Gangs of New York. The greatest film of all time. That's, That's what we decided oh to compare. Days of New York, great all the time. Uh, Napoleon Diamond, worst movie of all time. That's how the verses go. There is no in between. They both can't be good. They both can't be okay. One is the best. One is the worst. That's the way it goes, Alex. But I'm going to side with Phil on this. I am going to say that um, because this movie is immensely popular, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Because you could like it, and a lot of people have liked this, and um, this is just our opinion. Yeah. So if, if you want to see it and you like it, good for you. You could say that just about Nazism, our opinion? Though. You could say that about Nazism. A lot of people like it, but it's just their opinion. You might you might want to check it out, in fact. No, no, I don't think that's valid. That's accepted. Exactly like we were saying about Gangs in New York. If you if you happen to see the first five minutes of this movie and you like the first five minutes, you're gonna like the whole movie. Yes. If you hate the first five minutes, you're gonna hate the I, whole movie. I, I got myself in a mindset to just let this movie go. Within five minutes, I hated the movie. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> so the next like eighty five minutes were excruciating. <laughs> but but I, but I think they're both the same thing. And, Either if you love it, you're and you know love what's it. funny was after the opening sequence of Gangs of New York, I. I I didn't like it, but I I kept watching, wanting to like it because yes. I really I the whole movie I just kept trying to like it, and I just I couldn't I couldn't. There is nothing worse than that than trying to. I yeah. agree with you. There's nothing worse right. than once you you realize this movie stinks, trying to enjoy something, you just have to give up and just hate yeah. it forever. All right, uh, that is it for the for the verses. Gangs of New York wins number one movie of all time. Uh, oh my uh, god! The <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Do you want to put your name on that's saying where, that? That's I mean... where they go. Well, that's the way the verses work. It's either Am I wrong? Napoleon Dynamite. It's one or the other. We put up these two movies. One of them's got to be the best. One of them's got to be the worst. Right, Alex? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. See, that's how it works, and that's how it worked. I'm sorry you didn't get your way, Dan. But that's how it works here. <laughs> my way. On the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM, the Impact. You're listening to us. We got about another 10 minutes left in the show, uh, so stick around with us. But uh, you'll definitely want to hang out after we're done. The basement is up next. It is the best in local music, so you're going to want to hang around for that. And then later on, Hours of Power. I know to get you ready for that Christmas mood, you want heavy metal. <laughs> Greg loves heavy metal. Yeah. And so we're going to stick around for the Hours of Power after the basement, which I'll follow this awesome show, the Impact Movie Chat. You can also uh, log on to our Impact website, join up on the message board at www.impact89fm.org to get all the information that you need about this station and to log on your opinion. Uh, let us know. We, we'll, we'll still open it up to Napoleon Dynamite versus Gangs of New York. On the website, we'll decide. Let we'll let your voice be heard on that here on the Impact Movie Chat on eighty nine FM, the Impact. Let's switch gears and do some previews. Let's let everyone know what's coming out in the theaters. Uh, a couple movies came out yesterday. A couple movies are coming out tomorrow, and surprisingly, on Christmas Day on Saturday, 
um, those movies have to go see their parents uh, to their parents' house on Christmas Eve, so they won't be able to get to the theaters on time. So they're going to come out on Christmas Day. Uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, a couple things that Alex has actually checked out because he lives in Chicago, which is a you know a big city. Uh, a fancy big city with all the lights, <laughs> and they actually have movie theaters that have all the movies oh, when they come out. So uh, let's start it off with the two things that came out yesterday. They are Meet the Fockers and Phantom of the Opera. Meet the Fockers is the sequel to Meet the Parents. Once again, brings everyone back. Ben Stiller, uh, Terry Polo, Owen Wilson shows up. Bob De Niro and Blythe Danner are Terry Polo's parents. This time, let's join the uh, add the addition of Dennis, uh, Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand. Yes, Barbara Streisand as Ben Stiller's parents in this film. This is PG-13 from Jay Roach. He uh, directed the previous one. He's also directed all the Austin Powers films. No, no, those are good movies. And uh, one of my favorites, Mystery Alaska. Oh, Mystery Alaska. Uh, it's Meet the Fockers. First up, did anyone here enjoy Meet the Parents? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I liked Meet the Parents. And, and that being said... I am not looking forward to meet the Fockers. I, I, every preview I've seen, it just, it really looks like a very watered down, just over the top, not in a good way version. I don't know if it could be watered down and over the top, but I think maybe it could be. I'm going to go with that. And, uh, but, but it just, it looks, I don't know. I'm just afraid it's just going to be a bad sequel. It's going to be a cookie cutter sequel. And, and, and I, like, I, I thought Meet the Parents was cute. Like, I don't know if I want to say it was a great movie, but I, but I liked it. I thought it was, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. I, I, I can give you that. It was enjoyable. I thought it was funny. Don't need a sequel. I expect the, the jokes that came off in the first film to be replicated in this. What it's, I'm really worried about. Halfway through, we got to have this joke. Okay. Oh, the cat. Oh, the dog. Oh, Alex. I agree. Um, I like I like Meet the Parents. I think it's funny. Um, but this looks totally. This looks like Ocean's Twelve. Totally lazy and boring and completely pointless. Possibly the worst sequel since. Uh, analyze that. Uh, another oh. Bobby De Niro uh, sequel that was unnecessary. So that's Meet the Fockers. That starts uh, tomorrow. It's PG-13. That started yesterday, I'm sorry. It's PG-13. And one of my least anticipated films of all time <laughs> came out yesterday from the wonderful director, Joel Schumacher, who I hate. Um, I hate Joel Schumacher. It's, it's now at a petty stage. Um, he directed such things recently as Bad Company, Phone Booth, uh, Tigerland. He's also known for A Time to Kill, Flatliners, Lost Boys, St. Almost Fire, Brat, you know, the, the Brat Pack, you gotta love that. And um, he did the Batman franchise, the last two, and ruined the franchise. Though the Reverend hates uh, not all of that franchise, unfortunately. Uh, Family Opera, the Andrew Lloyd Webber, I know what mothers across the nation have been saying. When are they gonna make that Family Opera movie? I love the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical that I took the train to Toronto to see. Why can't they make a movie? Well, Joe Schumacher said, so let it be done. And yesterday, uh, Gerard Butler, Emmy Rossum, uh, Patrick Wilson, uh, Miranda Richardson, and Mimi Driver, uh, all starring in this uh, wonderful adaptation. Uh, Dan, well, are you going to see this? Uh, as it was volunteered earlier, I did, in fact, write a musical at one point in my life. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Couldn't have said it if you didn't do it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, that being said, I I think I hate everything Schumacher's ever done, and and that's I like bold, you even more now, Dan. Bold too, statement, Dan. but I I I mean I even some, like some of those '80s movies, but Saint Elmo's Fire is just it's awful. It's it's really awful. Um, I don't know the, the Batman movies that he did. Are, I mean, he put nipples on the bat suit. Yes, I Dan. Mean, Dan, any differences that we have on Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> you're my brother now oh, because you man. hate Schumacher. I, <laughs> Schumacher's like the only director I actually loathe. I mean, I hate him. and it's funny because even like Bruckheimer movies, some are like you know passable, but yeah. I mean Schumacher. Movies are all like literally horrible. Yes, so. thank you. Well, Tiger Land's right. not too bad, but uh, it's not too great. Anyone want to see Family Opera? I have seen it. You've seen it? Yeah, I wrote I that down. I totally forgot about it. How, how is it? Um, 
I actually didn't hate it. Um, I, I don't hate Schumacher. Have you actually. seen the original? Have um, you seen the Broadway production? I haven't. Um, so, but watching it, I definitely get the sense that something is lost in translation um, from the <laughs> from the stage to the to the screen. Um, this is something that I think would be highly enjoyable on stage. Um, but that just doesn't entirely work on the film. And it's not because I think anyone did a bad job. I think um, Schumacher, the direction on it was fine. I mean, if anything, he knows how to make a gaudy film, and this this warrants that, I think. Um, there's actually a scene that actually is, is very very pretty, very nice to look at. There's a scene in, in a cemetery that's pretty nice. Um, and the acting's all decent. Um, Mini Driver w- was not good, but uh, <laughs> but the rest of it, rest when, of them when were pretty was good. Mini Driver good? <laughs> um, but I think just, um, I think you deal with the cheesiness of it on stage, I think, because it's a spectacle and it's, it's all live and it's happening right in front of you and it's pretty amazing. But um, I, I get the impression, having not seen the show anyway, that something is definitely lost when seeing it on film because it... Um, it just it, it doesn't entirely work. I don't know. Soccer um, soccer moms across America are upset to hear that you did love. <laughs> um, I also don't like the music that much, to be honest. I, I think I, I um, hate Andrew Lloyd Webber's music. Yeah, I think the songs are a little a little clunky, and I think a lot of them sound very similar. Um, and uh, so, as a musical, it doesn't work that much for me. But um, <laughs> I think what they should have done is combined it with like. Avita and Cats and like Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Let's just make Andrew Lloyd Webber the musical, but all of musicals together. Yeah. It'll be a biopic. In like no, not even a biopic. <laughs> not even biopic. Just a nonsensical giant musical with so many characters and it just makes no sense. Something very surreal. That'd yeah. be nice. Family Opera started yesterday. Alex. Okay. Ho-ho-me. It's too long, but okay. Okay. No, What's it rated, okay. by the way? Does that know? is PG 13. Mm. Red Dawn. So, so, <laughs> so, makes the cut. So hold on. It makes the cut. The, re- the, the teach out can see it. Uh, starting on Christmas, we have a plethora of films. I'll just get kind of out there. The Aviator, the new latest Martin Scorsese film, is PG-13, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, John C. Riley, Alan Alda, Alec Baldwin, Kate Beckinsale, Kate Blanchett. Remember, the, you notice the pronunciation on mm-hmm. that? Blanchett. Uh, <laughs> um, it's the life of Howard Hughes, at least a biopic that covers his life uh, through the 30s and 40s. So, so basically, he rose to power and lost it. Um, that is PG-13. Teach out, you can see it then. That's right. Okay. I'd be in there. Darkness. This is a movie for Teach Out. Uh, this is rated R, starring Sean Bean, uh, Maria Bello, Anna Paquin, and Lena Olin. Um, it is a strange house thriller, scary film in which these people live in a house and they've lost a child and strange occurrences. It looks like a poor man's others. Has anyone heard of this movie? Anything? I've not until a week ago. I've seen a few commercials, but they have They don't tell me what it's about. Yeah, it's not a good sign. So, so, uh, <laughs> but it's rated R. Which I like. So that's that's in the that's a breakfast of champions film for for teach out. Fat Albert, Dan, did you love Fat Albert growing up? Sure. How about you, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. Reverend, He's do, all right. do do the kids nowadays <laughs> oh. know about Fat Albert? I don't hate Fat Albert. I just didn't really watch it. I, no, they don't know about Fat Albert. Dude, so, think, Greg, Greg, you know about the I children. Mean, yeah, we, do they? we don't have to talk about this. Do I like Fat Albert? Come on. But I, but does do anybody beyond below our age level? Do they actually know who Fat Albert is? I don't is know who's still kid, shown. I don't know who this kid catered to because I, I wouldn't imagine kids I actually, that age. I thought it was a little. It was for kids older than me, actually. Cause I don't really, I don't really remember it that well. My old roommate used to play the bass line a lot, which was really funny. <laughs> uh, well, they they thought, hey, there's no audience for a Fat Albert film, so let's make a Fat Albert film geared towards 14 year olds, and make it live action, starring uh, was it Kenan Thompson? He can from Kenan and Kel, you can see on SNL right now. Bill Cosby shows up. Uh oh, from director Joel's Wick. Uh, I don't see the point of a Fat Albert film. Makes no sense. I'm I'm actually mostly surprised that's not coming out in January. 
That's mm. not in, the, in movie wasteland where they just throw the films yeah. that are going to bomb so they can bomb quietly in January and February and hurt no one. Um, also coming out for, for people who like uh, Wes Anderson, so this is for you, uh, Dan. Right here. Uh, Live Aquatics with Steve Zizou, the, the fourth feature from Wes Anderson. He brought you Ball Rocket, Rushmore, and the Royal Tannenbaums. Uh, stars, uh, starts another film. It's kind of a Jacques Cousteau uh, stolen story about uh, oceanographer Steve Zizou and his quest to kill the shark that ate his friend. Um, also start, starring Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Kate Blanchett once again, Angelica Houston, Willem Dafoe, who looks even creepier every day, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Noah Taylor, and uh, Michael Gambone. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. one of my most anticipated films. He's, he's kind of getting a little too cutesy, uh, and you know, if, if it's the next progression from Rushmore, Bow Rocket to Rushmore to Royal Tannenbaums, this one may be a little too much for me to handle, but I'm still there because I still love those other films. How's everybody else feel about this? I'm really excited about it because of what you just said. I have a little bit of fear because there will be some expectation there, but I'm definitely in. I'm pretty pumped. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about it, but I'm, I'm going to see it, and, and hopefully I'll really love it. I love all of his other movies. Okay. I'll check it out. I'm not super excited about it. I've seen it. <laughs> seen it? Yeah. How was it? I didn't like it. Didn't like it? How no. about his other films? Uh, I'll keep, I'll, uh, I do like his other films. Okay. Yeah, I, I love Royal Tannenbaums, in fact. Um, but I'll keep it brief because we're running out of time. You love Royal Tannenbaums? Yeah, I do. Wow. Um, I thought there was just a couple of us, and we. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, that's like, my favorite. Of oh his. my goodness! Um, but uh, no, I'll keep it brief. Um, his his ironic deadpan, that whole thing. Um, he, he's finally made a movie in which that overpowers everything else. That uh, there there's no real there's no real soul or essence to this film. It's just pure goofing off. And okay, yeah. it gets, it gets finally. That's my worry is that he finally yeah. takes it too far. And Bill oh. Murray's not good. Sorry. Bill Murray is not good. That's a bold statement, no, I know. But no Oscar for Bill Murray this no. year, or ever, I guess. <laughs> uh, out on rental, Shaun of the Dead, the Reverend loves it, number one movie of the year. Napoleon Dynamite, Manchurian Candidate, Surviving Christmas, it came out about a month and a half ago. It's already on video, but it's a great movie. <laughs> Two Brothers, Thunderbirds, no, no, no. Um, D. Lovely, Anacondas, Hunt for the Blood Orchid, um, um, and uh, Donnie Deck Chair, uh, and King Arthur are all out on video. So you can have a happy, safe holiday uh, watching movies. That's the way you should spend the holidays, I always think. So for Alex, the Reverend, uh, Dan, GT, and Sydney, our engineer, I'm Brad Brooks. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Have a good week. The Basement's up next. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.